0: You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. (laughs) Tech fan podcast 377.
1: I'm Tim. I'm David.
0: Yeah, not your first rodeo. (laughs)
1: Not my first rodeo, no. Tim just started to launch the show and then (laughs) midway through his sentence he went, "Uh, are you recording?
0: (laughs) I don't even know why I questioned you. (laughs) Yeah, we we've, we've only been doing this uh, particular show for almost 9 years
1: still a niche show
0: still a niche show <laughs> you know what's funny is shows that started after us in the in the My Mac podcasting network isn't even close to us in numbers like geekiest show ever oh which by the way I, I i just remembered i'm doing um is it 300 or 200 i think it's 300
1: right cool
0: i got to remember that now 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 i I have to know <laughs> now it's it's bugging me geekiest show ever uh yeah, they released episode two ninety nine on december twelfth they're they're about monthly now mm-hmm. um uh, give or take, yeah, but uh, alyssa is doing that show now uh with uh, a couple other people my uh Mike you know who is it well, I'm drawing a blank this is what happens when you don't prepare yeah. Um, Melissa does them. Alyssa has been doing it. Um, what's his name? Mike is doing it. Anyways, they're coming up on episode 300. And Alyssa asked me uh, for that anniversary or milestone show to come on and record with her. Cool. Which, is, I said, yeah, cool. Yeah. Why not?
1: So you can find it's out. has been a long the- time since... Yeah, you, huh? you can find out what the name of their co host is. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's Mike. Mike who, McPeak. Who, who,
0: yeah. Who, who's doing the show? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to this show and go, who the hell was I talking to? <laughs> oh, that was David. That's right. Yeah. I forget sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I, so, I'd yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday, I've got four days off, which is, you know, that's like a vacation to me. Yeah. Um, yesterday i woke up and the the term glaucoma kept going through my head because my left eye hurt so bad and it was blurry all day long but it felt like it it was painful right and i thought well maybe i got something in my eye and of course you know paranoid at 5 a.m you're thinking oh my god it's glaucoma it's already hit um <laughs> it's not glaucoma I,
1: I, no i don't um, think i don't think glau- glaucoma makes your eye hurt
0: no overnight yeah um but so i woke up yesterday it's, my eye was just killing me it almost felt like i had something in my eye mm-hmm. and it was really bloodshot so i look in the medicine cabinet and do you guys have medicine cabinets over there or do you guys call it something else
1: uh, we, I I, I the space we, behind the mirror. Yeah, well, we we have them, but I, I I don't think we put medicine in 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 ours in Britain. I think we just <laughs> put toiletries and makeup and stuff like that. Gotcha. Anyway,
0: yeah. Uh, we had some eye drops in there. Well, I can't remember the last time I bought eye drops. Yeah. So I grabbed these eye drops. <laughs> right. They, it looks quite old. Yeah, but I'm thinking eye drops don't go bad. I mean,
1: it's <laughs> eye drops. Do you check the date? Of course.
0: No, On I couldn't see very good. <laughs> um, and even if I, it was so tiny, who could read that?
1: That's always a problem so, with bottles of eye drops, it, well, is they are small.
0: Yeah, they are small. Ironically enough, you can't read it because your freaking eyes hurt. Um, so I go and drop one of these into my eye. So here's a PSA for everyone. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> it literally felt like someone took 150 proof liquor and poured it into my already hurting eye. Oh, wow. Did
1: it feel you better know, everybody else had,
0: No. <laughs> no, I did not.
1: <laughs> Maybe we put the liquor here, straight in your eye, fun- it would have been better. <laughs>
0: here here's here's what you don't know, most people here's now you know you don't have to do this yourself kind of moment, yeah Doon, 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 doon. um you can actually have two distinct pains in one eye. one does not cancel out the other. I didn't know this, so so one was a long term almost all day hurt. And one was, oh my God, someone just stabbed me in the eye. Hurt <laughs> the same eye. Oh my God.
1: Yeah, definitely. definitely. Uh, the
0: plus side. The plus side is the hairs on my toes are longer now because of it. So <laughs> I don't know. Well, how is how the happened. eye today? It's okay. Yeah. yeah, it's fine. So it was. Yeah, Julie had, thinks it was a sinus thing.
1: Okay. Or maybe, maybe you had a touch conjunctivitis. You might have. <laughs> Knocked it out with the eye drops, but oh, yeah, even I almost blinded, blinded myself. With
0: the eye drops. <laughs> yes, yeah. I actually I went to the store a couple hours later and got some Visine. Yeah, and I and I did check the express. Uh, so it's yeah. funny,
1: it's like I, I tell you what,
0: I've pouring got, that into my eye, though the Visine, the new one, yeah, scared the hell out of me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh, I've got I've got two eye stories for you. First of all, um, um, about twenty years ago now, I had uh, laser eye surgery on my eye. Um, on both my eyes actually to correct my short sightedness um, and it worked very well and I've always been very happy with the results now that I'm getting a bit older it's kind of going off a bit but you know I've had 20 years of no glasses contact lenses and it was all pretty good but the thing is is when they do that there's, there's kind of two well three disconcerting things first of all is you're lying on there on the table and they put some drops in to numb your eye so it's not going to hurt which were great uh and then he says right he said now i need to kind of roughen up the surface of your eye for the laser to work and so he takes what looks to me like a kind of a needle on the end of a stick and kind of scraped it several times over the front of my eyeball and you could see the scratches he put into my eye. I couldn't feel them. Yeah, and then he says, right, now I'm going to... So I'm, I'm now sitting there thinking he's just destroyed the front of my eye. Uh, and then he says, right, now you need to look up at the at the laser and there's, a, there's an LED light there and he says, it's, he says, if you move your eye, I can stop straight away. I'm running on a foot switch, he said, but it's much better in terms of your results if you don't move your eye. Right, so I'm staring off this light and the laser starts and oh, then he says oh by the way you're going to smell something he says it's the smell of the laser operating it's not your eye burning <laughs> right. sure enough he flies his laser off the room fills with the smell of burning and I'm looking off at this light and, and there's this little kind of green LED and, and it, it kind of starts doing this kaleidoscope thing as the laser is burning away the front of my eye and I'm sitting there thinking must not move. Must not look. So anyway, so I had this done, and then they send you home. And uh, he says, "Well, it's going to be—you know how doctors go. You know, they kind of always downplay the pain. You know, they'll yeah. they 'They'll say, oh yeah, we're going to give you an injection. You'll feel a sharp scratch,' or, a, or yeah. a, you know, and, and, and then they kill you. You'll have a mild." Uh, <laughs> uh, it's so yeah, a little they, bit of pain. They, they, they said, yes, it's going to be a little bit sore and uncomfortable for the next 24, 36 hours. Oh, my God. You might
0: experience a little bit of discomfort. Yeah.
1: It, was, it felt like somebody was standing on my eyeball.
0: Oh, my God. With,
1: with kind of gritty stones in their shoes. <laughs> That's kind of what it felt like. And the thing is, they gave me this ointment, to antibiotic ointment, to make sure I didn't get an infection in there. The ointment wasn't like a liquid. It was, it was like, it was gloopy, it was really thick, and of course, you know what it's like when you've got pain in your eye, your eye closes up. So every two hours, I had to basically prise my eye open, yeah, and not being able to see anything, I then had to try and jab into my eye this kind of, this thick, gloopy ointment. It was, it was just, it was like torture, it really was. It was worth it for the results, but it was really, really horrible. (laughs) sounds terrible you know. but I, I have the um uh, for, for a few years afterwards i used to get those sort of symptoms you just had conjunctivitis a little bit of an infection <coughs> where it went bloodshot and the eye the whole eyeball kind of felt achy yeah and then you would sometimes feel like there was something in your eye and you couldn't blink it out so yep. he, here i would go to the the drugstore and i would ask for um, chloramphenicol drops which are an antibiotic eye drop they they don't they sell that you don't need a prescription for them but they don't sell the, they don't sell them on the on the rack you have to ask the pharmacist for them and because it's an antibiotic and everyone's worried about antibiotic resistance the pharmacist always gives you like a an interrogation <laughs> have you used these before are they for you then they look at the eye and they go <laughs> well it doesn't look too bad you know maybe you should leave it for a couple of days and go and see your gp and take some advice <laughs> you always end up saying look my eye boy's ball is killing me are you going to sell me the damn drops or not <laughs> <laughs> I've used them before you know. And I, in fact I, I remember saying to one pharmacist who's been particularly assistant I said look I can go away and I can go see my doctor in the morning yeah and he'll tell me I need chlorphenicol drops and I'll come back here tomorrow afternoon and I'll have a, had 24 hours more pain I'll be even more pissed off than I am now I said or you could just sell me the drops now he sold me the drops
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes
1: idiot <you> <laughs> So there uh, you go. Um nice bit of eye health to open up the show.
0: Eye Health. Do do
1: do do That's it, the NBC. Anybody who
0: says uh, this show is not you know. educational is That's right. Yeah. So we are skipping our uh wiki trolling this week because we're gonna do a little bit of uh favorite gifts as a kid thing. Uh but you know, it's it's the holiday season, blah 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 blah. Uh but this episode's coming out way too late for you to listen to get gift ideas for others, so these are we're gonna do uh, a couple gift ideas, but for you, yeah, maybe you got a gift card, maybe you got some money in your stocking or something I don't know. Whatever.
1: do you have something to return and spend the exchange money on
0: <laughs> that's right, yeah, so David picked a couple. I picked a couple uh, it should be pretty good, I yeah. think yeah. um, so we're gonna get to that here in one second, but first. Uh, You know, we skipped last week, and the week before I was talking about Samsung's uh, using photography to pretend that it was taken with their phones, and it was professional DLR, and it was all Photoshopped, and it was all shady, of course, that's Samsung's M.O., and... Here's a link from you that says, I am so sorry I defended them last <laughs> week, because you kind of did defend them I did. Week.
1: Yeah, I was kind of trying to give them the benefit of the doubt, saying that maybe it was the agency and nobody checked it properly and everything. But um, then it turned out that they kind of lined themselves up with a, a kind of fake clone <laughs> branding company and kind of made a big deal of it, which is definitely yep. not the sort of thing that can happen by accident.
0: No, <laughs> it's it's a culture at Samsung of stealing others' ideas, of um, knocking off products, of faking results, faking and lying in advertising. <clears throat> it, it's a culture at Samsung. That's what they do. Yeah. I mean- uh, and then they try to pass these ideas off as their own. Yeah. The only thing I've ever seen Samsung do that was original was come out with the fat phone. The, you know remember way back in the day before the uh, iPhone six plus, yeah. um, two years before that, they had a great big phone <clears throat> and that's what people wanted. I think it's quite clear with how many giant phones that everybody else now sells that that was a thing. There was a market for it. And Samsung was the first one to jump into that market. So I give them credit for that. But otherwise,
1: man, uh, yeah, yeah, I, 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 a lot of Samsung products are, despite the company behind them are actually quite good. Um, they're not, by any stretch of the imagination, you know, a a lousy hardware company. It's just their business practices are just shady as hell. Um, yeah. You know, they they seem to just not they seem to have a very low regard for intellectual property, and it's it's really kind of disappointing. So this is the skateboard fashion supreme, um, and they announced this big partnership in China, where people obviously are uh, you know, China is well known for being kind of a little bit fast and loose with copyright and that sort of thing. Um, so you know the c uh, the supreme ceo came on stage at the event they started talking about it and all this sort of thing um but then uh it turned out that actually who they were partnered with was um a knock-off version of supreme um that uh won a look won a court case in italy or something that um, meant that they could train as supreme uh, and yep. this is who they've not they and this this company quite uh, apparently quite blatantly rips off a lot of uh, the Real Supreme stuff uh, and Samsung partnered with them
0: Well I, I don't know why that's a thing I mean that's, what, that's Samsung's business model you just described
1: Yeah but the, uh, but t- in typical Samsung style they didn't make it clear who they were which oh, of which of the not. brands they were collaborating with so they kind of gave everyone the impression they were um, dealing with the, the original company when in fact they were dealing with the, uh, the knockoff clone, the legal fake version
0: Let's uh, keep talking about phones for a second here and talk about Apple. They have a serious problem right now. Uh, iOS 12.1.2 was released a week ago, mm-hmm. and it's a big problem. It is bricking some iPhones to not... making it so you can't even connect to the cellular network, as well as causing massive Wi-Fi problems. Um friend of my named alex actually had this he got the uh the, what is it, the xr yeah xr no just r iphone r mm-hmm. is it xr or r 10r uh, ten ten 10r yeah <laughs> he got that one nice phone yeah um i still don't want one i still am very happy with my iphone 8 plus but he got one and he updated and he actually called me Uh, on his phone and he talked to um, somebody else. Excuse me. It it makes it you can't even understand him and he can't hear you. Right. And so I sent him this link from Forbes um, and I put it in the show notes. Uh, Apple iOS 12.1.2 is causing various problems for iPhone owners. And he says uh, from Alex he's also a, a business partner in a venture with me. He says, yeah, mine is a glorified camera most of the days, or most of the day. Sometimes I can do phone calls, sometimes I can't connect to Wi-Fi, and I have 0% luck in using any app over my cellular data. Uh, I got the shaft with the last update. First problem I've ever had with an Apple device. So he does give credit that this is the first time he's ever had a problem like this, but that doesn't mitigate the damage that... It, from all intents and purposes, it looks like this was rushed out right before the holidays.
1: Well, it was. It, this was the mm-hmm. one that. This is the one that was rushed out to try and get them away from these patent issues that they've been ruled to be in, in breach of in China with Qualcomm. Um, mm-hmm. And had they not shipped this update, then there was a, there was a threat that perhaps all Apple phone sales in China would be um, would be blocked by legal order. Um, and it sounds like they've screwed it up because you know they've rushed a patch out that does something to the radio and obviously what it's doing is breaking a lot of people's radios yep not that's a problem
0: no um i don't know do you take it back to apple and go hey my phone something's wrong with my phone what what can they do can they downgrade it
1: i suspect well normally with um them with anything to do with the radio on an iOS device once you've updated it then it's it's updated the firmware has changed even if you were able to go back to an early version of of iOS I don't think it would would re-download the old firmware it never had that in there Um, so you're kind of stuck until Apple fixes this and I'm sure they'll be sat you know in Cupertino working through the holidays to get this sorted I'm sure nobody will go home until it's fixed
0: yeah I got a feeling that this probably uh, they're gone already yeah it's probably a January 3rd fix type of thing.
1: Yeah, well, um, well, look at it as a Christmas gift. You shouldn't want to be on the phone during the holidays anyway. No? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so Apple's doing your favor.
0: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> this is encouraging to spend more time with your family. Even exactly. that crazy um, make America great again uncle who you can't stand. But now you're forced to talk to him. Yeah. Um. <laughs> We've all got one.
1: Even over oh, here, God, I have no one idea. of those. I can't understand it. <laughs> 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 Uncle Roger, what are you going on about making America great again?
0: Why do, you do you we, what we care build about a America? Wall. <laughs> what do you mean, build a wall? What, well, are, what you are you talking about? Apparently,
1: he wants to build a, a wall between uh, England and Wales. I don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, that's that was used to be his thing. Now he wants to build a wall in the middle of the English Channel. <laughs> yeah,
0: between you and France.
1: <laughs> he, he, wants to br- he wants to brick up the entrance to the Channel Tunnel.
0: <laughs> well, I see his point, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> oh, my God. There's so much stupidity in the world right now. <laughs>
1: so, see, I, I can't figure out. Whether it's just because we're getting older, and, and as you get older, you kind of realize that the world is really kind of dumb, or whether it really is more stupid than it used to be. It's very difficult um, to tell.
0: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I have such a low tolerance for dumb. <laughs> I just do. I see stuff, and I'm just like, oh, my God, they're not really that stupid, are they? No, yeah, they are. <laughs> they're that stupid. It just it it boggles my mind, and I'm not talking about just politics here, folks. No, I'm no, talking about everything. everyday life.
1: Yeah.
0: I okay. see more stupidity per capita nowadays than I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, talking about stupidity, I, I know who he is simply because of you know the mass media. Uh, he's a rapper named Soldier Boy. Uh, I don't know if I've ever heard one of his songs, except I can hear him saying "Soldier Boy in my head, uh, which just causes endless eye rolls for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's a rapper. He had a number one hit in 2007, so of course he's still relevant today. And he has his own website, like everyone else on the planet does. And he has merchandise. Well, he now has... And the only reason I know about this is because I watch some gaming channel things on YouTube. Um, Soldier Game. So you go to his website, which is SouljaWatch, and it's S-O-U-L-J-A-Watch.com. Right. And you go to his uh, little e-commerce thing, and he has Soldier Game. And you look at him, and uh, he... This is kind of amazing, David. He he must have went out and got permission from Nintendo and Sega and all these big companies because he's selling portable and home consoles that have Nintendo games on them and Sega games on them. And, oh, yeah, no, he's not doing that at all. (laughs) So this idiot, and he's an idiot, is selling... Basically, cheap Chinese knockoff AliExpress consoles, um, and they're drop shipped. He's not even—he has this huge markup on these things, yeah. and he's just having them drop ship from AliExpress, and he's calling them soldier games. And of course, he's being—he's being called out for it. Yeah, people are like, dude, these are some of the worst knockoff systems in existence, and they're—they're they're not soldier games. They're. Anybody can buy them for half the price that you're asking. And these are totally illegal. You can't just sell systems with other people's games on it. And, you know, it, it, it's hilarious. People are posting these, hey, unboxing and plugging in and playing them videos on YouTube. And they're just destroying this guy. Yeah. And and they're like, dude, you're going to get your ass sued. Uh, you're. This is. You got to get. Stop doing this, man. This he's, is bad.
1: It's, it's not just that the Soldier Watch is a, a knockoff of the Apple Watch. He yep. has Soldier Pods from six dollars yep. sixty-eight, which are a direct copy of the uh, of the AirPods. Um, well, he
0: doesn't have anything. No, it's no. Just, it's, this basically. It's, what it's he, all. He's,
1: he's basically. He has an AliExpress account. <laughs> yes. And what he's doing is he's reselling the stuff from there, as you say it some pretty healthy markups here um yeah. and he's just basically ripping off his fans i don't know how many fans he has but um if they're buying from know. this they're um they're paying a lot of money for stuff that that isn't this expensive
0: and yeah, is junk just junk um what cracks me up is i was watching another video about this this morning and, uh, you could find this, look at, look up RGT 85. He's a YouTuber and just search for soldier. I hate saying that soldier boy calls out Nintendo and YouTubers.
1: It's the top, uh-huh. uh, it's the top, top hit on Google. When you type in yeah. RGT 85, <laughs>
0: um, yeah, yeah. He's already got like, I don't know a lot of people watching this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, two hundred thousand people have already watched this video, mm-hmm. so most likely Soldier Boy has seen this video too, and he just destroys Soldier Boy. How how bad this is, and he points out to these very racist tweets that Soldier Boy sent out. Um, he's saying it's uh, you know people that want don't want to see a black man succeed, and um, it, it's just sad. Look, I, I I don't begrudge anyone for making a, a money. I, I don't. I don't care what color, creed, nation you come from. I don't care. Everybody deserves a chance to earn. But not by stealing products from other people, not by ripping off your customers, um, not by doing the sketchy-as-hell stuff. I, I think it's it's really, really bad.
1: Yeah, you see, I mean, let's face it, he's not even, he's not even rebranding this stuff. He's literally just passing it on with a huge middleman markup um yes. and it, and it's not great stuff either no you know um I, look the the business about nintendo suing him and everything I, to be honest with you, i don't i don't know whether they will or not yeah the nintendo and all the other video game com- com- companies allow this low level stuff to happen you know because basically it's we've talked about this before it's just, it's very similar to, to you know um getting a raspberry pi and putting an emulator on it and then then acquiring the roms that's what people do but the difference there's a difference between um somebody assembling machine and putting an emulator on it versus somebody going out and marketing it and selling it as a as their own system Uh, and and also implying that the stuff is licensed but whether the, the reality is how many of these things? I mean, who that? How many fans does Soulja Boy have? And who's buying this stuff off his website? Who doesn't know what it what, what it is? And the reality is is that, is that I can't imagine this is a big money making scheme for him. Not saying it's right. Uh, I'm not justifying he, it. He,
0: he's saying he's made millions, but well, I he doubt he, it. he
1: says a lot of crap, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. You know, let's face it. Rappers are not generally known for being shy and retiring and giving accurate sales figures, are they?
0: No. No. They're good at bragging about stuff. Well, they're good
1: at self-promotion, and, um, of course, that's what he's taking all this controversy as. He's taking it as thanks for free promotion.
0: Speaking of promotion, we do want to thank Otherworld Computing for sponsoring this episode. See how I did that right there? Yeah. Oh, classy, man. Right. You, sh- you, I, should, you should You should. At
1: sell it. your own video game consoles.
0: I do. <laughs> yep. We'll call it the tech fan console. Yeah. Um. One of my favorite devices, I use it all the time, is my OWC Drive Dock. Well, they just came out with a brand new version uh, with um, USB-C and Thunderbolt 2 connection. So, how do I explain the USB or the uh, OWC Drive Dock, David? It's a little box that sits on top of your desk, and it has two slots at the top that can take either a 3.5 or 2.5-inch hard drive. And you just pop them in. Yep. And each drive is independently powered, and it works with Mac and Windows. This is how I have any external, with one exception, any external storage device connected to my Mac at any one time. My media center is just a raw hard drive sticking out of this thing. So if you look at the pictures, and you can follow the link through TechFan podcast.com or dot com over to macsales.com. Uh, the number one slot is always my media drive. That drive is hardly ever empty. It's always in there. And the second one is where I put all my backup media. So I have one hard drive that just backs up photos, one that does my media, one that does the whole computer. Um, cause I, I'm a firm believer of backups and I control all my backups through carbon copy cloner and it just works. And I don't have to think about it. And this is the device, the exact device that I use to do all my external media. And yeah, I love it. Now I've got the older version. I don't really have a need to upgrade to this one, but if I was going to buy one right now, I'd get the new one, especially if you have a, uh, uh, C connection or a Thunderbolt connection on your computer. Cause USB-C is so much faster. And, uh, it's a great solution, uh, you know. It's got my endorsement, whether they're paying me to say that or not. I, l- I love mine. I use it every single day.
1: Yeah, you know, a lot of people use external <laughs> kind of package drives in a in a in a case and something like that. But actually, if you if you're going to be doing a lot of swapping around the media, these these make an awful lot of sense.
0: Well, plus you can get bare hard drives a lot cheaper than buying one with a exactly, case. Exactly. Yeah. And you're not plugging in stuff into the back of your computer all the time which I think is bad for your ports and cables. Constantly swapping cables in and out, I don't think that's a great thing. No. Plus, it's kind of a pain in the ass if it's a desktop.
1: Yeah, very much so. Yeah, no, this is a nice solution, and uh, I have one and and uh, use it myself all the time.
0: So let's talk about the uh, GIFs that we were discussing at the beginning mm-hmm. uh, before the well, before the whole I thing, or I think it was after the I thing. Um You've got a couple in here. I've got a couple. You've got three. I've only got two.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I could only think of th- two things. Uh, I was being lazy because <laughs> I've got four days off. But your first one is a pressure cooker. What is this?
1: This is the Instant Pot kind of the darling of the internet in the last couple of years so um effectively what it is is a pressure cooker with some electronics and pre-programmed settings on it um the the reason this is so popular is it is that it's kind of easy to use and maintain and there's an awful lot of recipes available for it online this has been a lifesaver for us As, as as you know and as listeners know i had to come back early from my vacation because my wife was ill um and i've had to she's not been able to to do anything around the house for for some time now so i've basically been doing all the cooking and all the washing up and all the kids and all that sort of thing and i bought one of these because i i knew that i could make uh, meals quite easily and quickly with no supervision with this um and it's been brilliant everybody everybody I've you know the family loves the meals that come out of this we make stews we make casseroles we make all sorts of things I make pancakes in it Um, pancakes yeah you can make this Japanese style pancake that you uh, you kind of put it on the bottom and it comes out really thick it's kind of like a mix between a pancake and a cake it's delicious really really nice um and yeah Man, that, these things are not the, avant- the advantage of this is that is that these recipes are all out there there are loads of people who are into this really into this kind of pressure cooker lifestyle so pretty much anything you want to cook you'll go and find somebody who's got a recipe for it will take you how to do it and the advantage is you can turn out full meals in probably, well, probably by maybe 20 minutes of prep time and then normally up to about an hour of cooking. But the thing is, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to supervise it. You can just leave it going. And then when it's finished, you turn it off and you open it up and the meal is there ready for you. Um, and it's been a lifesaver for me. So anybody who you know is uh, we all have families on the go uh, and and want to turn out you know good food and the, and the advantage as well is, is that it's much cheaper to make food like this than it is to go out to eat or get takeout or stuff like that so and and you can get simple ingredients throw them in the pot and leave them to cook and it's done um so it's been really good really really good uh, and yeah i'd recommend anybody have one of these i know we all buy a lot of us buy all sorts of different kitchen gadgets and you kind of use them once or twice and then never use them again this is always out on the counter and we use it probably four or five times a week
0: so we use a um what do you call it uh, crock pot yeah quite a bit so we we, that's different though
1: so yeah you can use this as a crock pot it has that mode and you can even get a a glass lid for it so you can use it as a crock pot and we we had one of those before but the the disadvantage of a crock pot is that you have to remember kind of like quite a few hours before because it's a slow cooker to to put everything in and then you leave it going all day this will produce the same results but you produce that meal in about an hour um, from from Which scratch. one do you have? I have the uh, Instant Pot Duo six quart.
0: Instant Pot. Okay, so the Duo series. Yeah. Uh, you have the six Duo six, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's seventy six forty nine on Amazon right now. Mm hmm. Um, that's not bad at all. No. a hundred bucks.
1: Yeah, I I um I I bought one on Black Friday, so I got a little bit off it um but definitely i i think it's worth that money because you are you you know you if you embrace it and you use it a lot it will it will save you far more than that very very quickly um
0: hmm. so does it does it measure no. weight like, no you, you, like i have a like i see it i have something on my counter right now that looks very similar and it's yeah. a rice cooker right and with that, I just put the rice in and the water in, close it, and hit whether it's multigrain or, or white rice, and it kind of knows how much is in there and how long yeah. it needs this, to cook it.
1: This doesn't, This one doesn't do that. I think some of the more advanced ones can, but this, the one I'm talking about doesn't. You measure it out See, yourself, but um, it's not hard to no, do. No, you still
0: have to measure it out, but, I mean, does it know how long to cook it? If I just push the button that says rice, does it know how long to cook? Yeah, rice?
1: it has a rice program on it. It has um, several different programs on it, but actually all it's doing is just kind of running the pressure for a timer. So um, normally what happens is with this with this is you you use the pre-programs, and then after a, a few times you kind of figure out how you like it and whether you want to vary that. And then I'm just most of the time I just use it on manual mode now and just set the timer in myself. For dollars
0: seventy six forty nine for a prime member for the one that you have or eighty five sixty five with that plus the Instant Pot cookbook. Yeah, Which I, might be worthwhile. Yeah,
1: I, w- I to be honest you, I wouldn't do that. There are so many places online where they have uh, instant pot recipes that you, you don't really yeah. need the the cookbook.
0: Um I'm very it. interested in this. Yeah. I might I'm gonna I'm gonna add it to my witch list and where is my what Oh yeah, there it is. Add to list.
1: Okay, so anybody who list. does buy that, buy this. Just let me just give you one safety tip, okay? Because it it pressurizes, so when it's finished, you have to release the pressure. If you have too much flick liquid in your pressure cooker and you release the pressure too quickly, it will boil and then it will all spray out of the steam vent and so now I have um, after one unfortunate incident I've learnt my lesson now um, I actually managed to spray uh, sausage gravy all the way up onto the ceiling of my kitchen
0: yikes
1: <laughs> <So that laughs> safety tip David so uh, yeah when you when you finish cooking it let it rest for 10 minutes uh, and then be careful about how you release pressure <laughs> don't just go I'm going to turn it off and leave it because um, yeah <laughs>
0: not, not good not you got to release yeah. that pressure mm-hmm. yeah uh, my first pick is the, um, uh, all new fire HD eight tablet. This is the eight inch screen with, uh, special offers, which just means when you turn it on, you get like a little static ad, but then you unlock it and the ad goes away. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why anybody would not buy that one. Uh, Amazon does have a purchase program where you can pay 10 bucks a month for five months and it's yours as well, or one time payment of forty-nine ninety-nine right now. Um that's a pretty good deal. Uh it's regular 80 bucks, so it's not quite half off, but pretty damn close. Yep. Uh I just think and you can come you can get it in black, yellow, blue, red. I just think that for what you get uh, and for what you're probably going to use a, a tablet for the most part for I think it's a no-brainer. I think that for a lot of people, it, it actually beats an iPad. Um, most of the more popular games and apps are on the Fire, whatever you want to call it, the Amazon Digital Store. Yeah. Um, for the same price as you can get on the iPad. The difference is I can break one of these once a year for the next six years and still not equal how much it costs to buy an iPad for. Now, I use an iPad every single day. I love my iPad, don't get me wrong. And I've got an iPad Pro. But this is just uh, you can have one of these in every room. Yeah. And because it's the Amazon ecosystem, you can have the same apps. You can pick up your tablet in whatever room and just continue reading right where you left off. I mean, it's a great solution. Now, unfortunately, you don't have quite as uh, many choices when it comes to some apps like the Google stuff because Amazon and Google seem to be sparring.
1: Yeah, um, it's. I, I understand it's not, if you're technically minded, it's not that hard to be able to get solutions to allow you to get Google Play stuff on there. But to be yeah. honest with you, the Amazon store has most of what you want. Um, well, I
0: don't think YouTube is even on here now, is it? Didn't they take YouTube off? Uh,
1: I'm not sure. Uh, is Netflix on there? I'm pretty sure Netflix is on there. Yeah,
0: Netflix is. Netflix is on everything. Yeah. But, I mean, for, it, 50 bucks. I mean, you you really can't go wrong. It's only 16 gigs, so it's not a ton of storage space, except uh, you can put a, uh a SD card in yeah. it. And-
1: and this one yeah, is worth it, getting over a the st- cheaper one. They do the 7 as well, which is currently yeah. reduced to $35. But really, for the money, I would I would get the, get get the, the better one. It's got it's a, a faster screen. processor. The 7 is is great for, for very little money, but it, it can be a little bit slow.
0: Yes. But, you know, all things being equal, get the 8, spend a little bit extra money. money. It's faster. I think the, believe it or not, you wouldn't think the difference between an 8-inch and a 7-inch screen is that noticeable. It is it's a, it's very noticeable well, it's, when you yes, have both of them
1: it's slightly higher resolution as well yep. but now now with these things you don't get the retina display that um, you get on uh, iPads or higher end Google Correct. devices but you know what really most of the time you don't need that <laughs> you know no. and, and it's cheap so
0: alright yeah. what's your next problem Pro- right. problem. Uh, problem my next one is uh, perhaps
1: slightly ironic <laughs> given what we're talking about with Soldier Boy but never mind um, this is the Odroid Go Kane kit, and I sent you um, some pictures a few weeks ago of me building this. So, effectively, yeah. what this is is this is from a company called Hardkernel, um, and what it is is they make Arduino-style um, single-chip computers, a bit like the Raspberry Pi, but a kind of variant on those. Uh, and what they did is, for to celebrate their tenth uh, anniversary in business, they built this. They built this game kit so effectively what they sell you is a kit that gives you the board an enclosure and an lcd and all the controls you need battery and everything to effectively build yourself something that looks like a little game boy um that's kind of what it really does yeah and you put it together i like that
0: it's a clear case too so you can see the inside of it yeah
1: exactly yeah And, and a lot of people what they do is they buy them and then they they do custom um Custom paint jobs on the inside of the case. I've seen some really There some some people who paint them up to look like the original Game Boy. I saw one the other day on Reddit where the guy had, had actually painstakingly painted it so it looked like a really big S D card. It was incredibly cool.
0: <laughs> yeah. That sounds neat.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, it was really, really good. So but the thing is you what's nice about this you put it together yourself so you see how it works you see how it's how it's all it's all assembled um once you've got it built then um they actually have a downloadable thing where you can get emulators for a lot of the old 8-bit systems like the game obviously the Game Boy and the Game Boy Color itself but also the Sega Master system and things like that so you can load your own ROMs on there if you want to but they also have a full coding Arduino coding program so that they will give you an Arduino kit that will allow you to compile stuff Directly for this, so you can do your own programming. So, with the, I, th- I find with the the educational aspect of the coding and the fact you're building it yourself, it has a real nice. You know, it's just, it's a, it would be a fun sort of thing to do with it do with a child to kind of say, look, we're going to build our own handheld computer, and then you can do some games on it, but they can also do some programming and that sort of thing as well. The, so, the only
0: downside I see is it, it, it's it's ex- incredibly expensive.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Soldier Boys is, is is there. A, this is the. <laughs> thirty five dollars thirty five dollars only hard, yeah right sorry thirty two dollars the only the only hard thing is is sometimes they they the stock goes up and down um, but yeah it's it's certainly if it put it this way if you if you have any child in your life who's saying oh, i 'd like a handheld game system, yeah, this is a very good buy because Absolutely. it has much more of an educational aspect to it to just going out and buying them to, buying them uh, a nintendo d s
0: and you don't have to download illegal ROMs or anything. There are plenty of um, free games that you could download yeah. that you know aren't lots, intellectual yeah, property.
1: lots of people have homebrewed games for all of these different older systems, so you don't have to steal games if you don't want to. By the same token, I'd say if you have any old Game Boy games, then it's probably perfectly legitimate for you to go and find the ROM for that game so you can play on this system as well. So, yep. Yeah, and it, and it takes so, an SD card so you can put Loads, loads and loads of stuff on there without worrying about it.
0: My next pick is, um, might be a surprising one to some people, but we all know that Evo's a Facebook, but I am a Facebook user. Um, I understand, you know, what their business model is, and I am the product that they're selling. Blah, 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 yeah. blah, 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 blah. But I got a lot of friends on there and I still use it. Um, I see for the last couple of years, a growing trend of people posting old photos, uh, from like their parents' house, you know, you go over to your parents' house and they've got old photos that you don't have a copy of because it's a physical picture. Um, and what they do is they use their cell phone to take a picture of that picture yeah. and it looks like ass. It yeah. looks terrible. It's got a flash in it, or it's uh, you know off kilter, and it just looks bad, and it and it tears a little piece of my soul out every single time I see that. I'm just like, oh, so bad. But here's the thing: uh, you can just go buy a, a cheap multi printer, all in one thing, or you can spend a little bit more money and get a really good document and photo scanner. And I picked the Absent Perfection. Uh, the V39 color photo and document scanner. Um, and it will scan directly to the cloud as well. Mm-hmm. I think this is a much better solution. It's small. you got a laptop. Take your laptop and the scanner to your folks' house or relatives' house that has a whole bunch of photos that you want to preserve. Will it take longer than just taking a picture? Yes. But you'll have a data dump of high-resolution I, when I do this personally, I scan everything at 300 DPI. Every yeah. photo I take, um, and that way I can go into Photoshop or Pixelmator or, or you know your photo editing uh, program of choice and adjust the color so it looks correct. Get rid of scratches and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, he, but we talked about in the past uh, Polaroid pictures. Yeah how cool it is to scan those in and they look like a you don't want to color correct too much on those because it looks like a polaroid and that's kind of the point yeah but if somebody wrote on that big white square underneath the picture you know the date and who's in the photo you want to keep that yes. you don't want just a photo you want to get that handwriting and the description of what the photo is because it adds to what that picture is scan the whole triangle you know
1: yeah
0: a uh, triangle that's right, say triangle Rectangle. Yeah. And, you know, preserve those photos because guess what? If something happens and they're gone, they're gone forever. And get, for goodness sakes, get a better quality copy of the picture. Don't take a picture with your camera. It looks terrible, always. It just it just looks terrible. Scan them in. And this is, I personally think, a, a much better way to go.
1: Yeah, and these are a lot more compact than the old the old models that we used to use that were quite yeah. a big big and bulky. This is, this is very slim.
0: Very slim, easy to store because you're not going to use it all the time. And you can pull it out, take it with you if you need to. Uh, but it's not just for photos, David. My wife has this terrible habit of keeping all of the kids' schoolwork. Yeah. We've got Rachel and Brittany stuff from kindergarten to 12th grade in bins in the basement. And... <clears throat> I bought a document scanner many years ago. It still works, but we never use it. Um, that's, you know, you just put it at the top, you push a button, and it just scans a whole bunch of documents at once. Yeah. And you know, the problem with that, though, is unless it's an actual document size, it's, you can't do much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a better solution. It takes longer, sure, but you're going to get a much better quality scan. And scan in all your old stuff that you don't need to keep a physical copy of. Documents, legal documents that you can put, you know, uh, in, in a safe deposit box. But maybe you need to access it occasionally. Well, you got a yeah. digital copy of it. Any kind of document that you don't need the physical copy of, scan it.
1: Yeah, okay. have a
0: hard drive. Have your hard, Have a folder on your hard drive that you just scan stuff directly to, and back up that hard drive.
1: And uh, yeah, and for anybody who's, who's who is thinking, well, you know, I can just do that. Uh, if, for occasionally, I can just do that with my phone trust me you can't it's really it's it's not good enough i've had i've had instances where people have sent me um image they've not used scanning software on their phone they've just taken a picture of it um and we've had to reject the document because we can't read all of it yep you know it's just not it's not not reliable enough the advantage of something like this is you'll always get a good scan out of it
0: for document yep so what's your last one
1: so my last one is is a similar thing to the last one actually and um I, I bought this for my daughter for Hanukkah and she absolutely adores it. So this is from um, a company called Kano who are known for doing kind of educational coding stuff for kids. Uh, yeah. And this is a it's a brilliant tie up. The the way they've presented this the way that the way it is when you open it and everything is is fantastic. It's called the Harry Potter Kano Coding Kit. And what effectively is is a it's a build yourself Bluetooth magic wand Um, so you open the box up and, um, it looks like the sort of thing you'd see in a Harry Potter movie. The one is kind of laid out and then there's a, it's really nicely presented and then there's an instruction booklet and I went through this with my daughter. Um, it's aimed at kids six, six and upwards, um and it actually tells you how to build the wand so you actually says "No, oh, this is, and it explains what everything is this is the electronics this is what's on the electronics this is how the electronics goes into the, the base this is where the batteries go this is you know literally step by step it could not be more friendly i based my, my daughter's nine she, i basically i i sat and watched her do it but she did it all herself she that's didn't cool. need anything from me because the instructions were so clear and so precise. Now, once you've built this wand and you've got it working, you download an app. It works on a PC, a Chromebook, uh, a tablet, whatever you want. Yeah. And then basically what you do is you use code blocks to build magic spells that work with the wand. So, and, and it's, it's just, it, it's a, I mean, my daughter said, she said, this is like having a real magic wand. And that's kind of what it is, you know. But the thing is, you, you make the spells yourself. So you connect it up to the uh, to, to the tablet or anything. You create create your own motions, and then what you do is you you tell the the thing how the spell's going to re- react to the motions you're making with the wand. Um, and it, it's just it's brilliant. And and they don't the kids don't realise they're learning programming. They're just having fun, you know. Um, it's not expensive. Uh, it's currently on sale, so down to about eighty dollars. Um, and I think for for what you get in that, that's actually a very nice price, particularly with the licensing and everything like that. Um, and the thing is, it's worth it if you if your kid is into Harry Potter and you want to kind of get them to learn to do something. And the thing is, well, they, they have community on there as well. So they have, um, you can upload your own programs, your own spells, uh, and then you can download them and try them out. Um, and so so there's a kind of a social element to it as well. It's really, really cool. Uh, so what do
0: the spells do?
1: So well basically it's it's effectively what you're doing is you're coding animations. So you have a a a variety of different motions that the the wand can recognize and then what you do is you build spell blocks and there are very various different um uh stickers and uh and characters and things that you can put into the spells so that what what happens then is you have a character on the screen you can say right i want to make it float so the you then define that what what your um action on the wand will be and then how you would actually code to make the figure on the screen float up into the sky or something like that
0: hmm axio get mail yeah
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So you know, I actually
0: bought my my wife is way into Harry Potter. She's getting a lot of Harry Potter stuff right. this year this year for Christmas. I got her a spoon for her birthday. Yeah, a spoon, and it says Axio Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah, I think I got it on Etsy or something. Yeah, cool. Uh, I don't think she'll ever use it as an actual spoon. She likes it though. Yeah, cool. So that's our holiday gift ideas for yourself because or for a loved one. Um because let 's be honest, by the time you listen to this episode, the holidays are probably the next day or it's already passed, so you've got a return here. you spend yep. money on something that's worth it but I think for you I
1: think what we'd like to do is perhaps hear back from some listeners on some of the things they got for the holidays and,
0: and absolutely, I was about like to say else. that same thing <laughs> what What did you get, or what did you give tech related? Um, Share it with us. We'd love to talk about it here on uh, the next episode of TechFan. We'll be recording uh, our year-end special, and that would be a a perfect thing. Of course, next week we're going to talk about um, looking back at 2018 and technology and and what was the big stories. Um, But to wrap up this episode, let's... Spend a few seconds here to talk about some of our favorite stuff that you got as a kid. Do you remember anything that was that really kind of jumps out at you, David? That's like that was the present that I oh it was so great, or a couple of different things.
1: So I always liked the stuff that I wasn't expecting as a kid. You know, because yeah. obviously you 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 spend a lot of time as a kid. Being saturated by advertising and stuff, and you're so you're asking for things. You're mentioning things that you would like. But what I always liked was the stuff where where I, you know, my parents hadn't spot, had spotted something that I wasn't aware of, and they they gave it to me, and um, re, you know, re, I really got a lot of pleasure out. And so there's two things that immediately jumped to mind. The first thing was um, a toy called. It, this was from the the 70s. It was called Super Flight Deck. Uh, and basically what this was was a a mock-up of the um the uh kind of the deck of a of a of an aircraft carrier uh, and what you did is you had a uh, a plane a phantom plane i think it was and from the control stick of this this uh plane that was kind of mounted behind this aircraft carrier thing there was a wire like a nylon wire that went up and so you, you would spool it out and you would attach it high like up on the curtains or something top of the curtains something like that and then there was a um, a launching mechanism a rubber band launching mechanism built in this flight deck so what would happen is you would launch the plane and it would fly up the nylon wire and then it would turn around and it would come back and you had to try and land it onto the aircraft carrier um, and get it so that it would land on the arrestor hook and actually pull up a kind of a thing to stop the plane and, and signify a successful landing uh, and i spent <laughs> absolutely hours on this thing it was a really simple toy but it was really kind of clever uh and yeah i just i just love the heck out of that and um it was when you opened it up it was great cuz it came in a really big box you know the- oh that's always the best thing <laughs> and and you had to put it together yourself um it for a, for a, a toy of that age it was really quite well engineered even though it was all made of plastic um and um yeah it was it was great, and it was really clever because you know it it, it made you do things, something with a toy you never thought you'd be able to do as a kid, which is kind of fly a plane you know even though you weren 't really flying a plane you know it made you feel like you were flying a plane and and sometimes with toys the you know how it contributes your imagination is as much as what it actually does um, and and that was definitely that was definitely it. Uh, the other thing that I got a huge amount of pleasure pleasure from was a a radio shack electronics kit. That uh, hmm. my parents the States. So, do you remember these basically it had all these different like parts of electronics on a board and there was these little spring terminals that came up and it came with a um a big box of wires of different lengths and different colors and then what you would do if you wanted to build an electronics product suppose we wanted to build a crystal radio or something the instruction book will tell you what what are the, these hundreds of Um, spring spring terminals to wire together to make it work so the idea was as you were learning how to build this thing by wiring these different components together it actually taught you how electronics works and what they were involved with and oh god i spent it was a bit like um a physical version of typing a um a program into a computer from a magazine because often what would happen is you'd missed a bit or you'd connected something wrongly, and so it wouldn't work. And you'd have to like physically de- debug it by tracing all the wires and trying to figure out what gone wrong. Um, and it had all you know LEDs and and a kind of a, a potentiometers and things like that on the front, and a speaker and stuff like that. So you could do all sorts of different things with it just by wiring up the electronics a different way. Um, and that was a really it was a really great toy. That really really enjoyed that. Sounds cool. Yeah. Don't do so, anything like that anymore. It's probably all code blocks like I've just been talking about.
0: I was, uh, as I'm sitting here thinking about it, um, well, I just put the wrong date on it. Let me put 2000. There we go. I just found a post cause I, I thought I talked about this on the podcast, but I didn't at least I didn't put it in any of the show descriptions. Um, and it's a Christmas one, and I must have done it, a blog post at MyMac.com years ago. Uh, I just reposted it at MyMac because it was screwed up and it wasn't live, but I just pushed it live, and it's actually live for December 23rd, 2000. It, that might have been when I posted it originally. I have no idea. Um, but it's called Toy Found. And um, I guess, how can I describe as we get older, we start getting into nostalgia more and more and more. Mm-hmm. Life was better when you were younger. And I have actually scanned in a lot of my old photos. And one of my photos, um, we never had an instant camera when I was growing up for many years. My my parents were broke. Uh, and that was kind of a frivolous thing. And more importantly, the um, film for a camera was expensive and then we had like a 110 camera that we had occasionally used but developing that kind of film was expensive as well expensive to my parents it really wasn't expensive but yeah regardless Um, I found this photo and I'm probably eight so 1978 79 somewhere in there Um, I found this photo and it was me in front of this Christmas tree in fact I'm going to uh, send you this picture, you're gonna. Uh oh. What happened? Are we still recording? Yep. Yes. Um, I'm trying to drag this photo out. Uh, let me see. I need to. Nothing like doing it while you're doing the show. <laughs> there we go. It wouldn't let me take it out from the editing page. I had to actually see the actual post. Uh, so this is a picture, David. Uh, maybe I'll put it in the show notes, maybe not. Uh you should see it now yeah, in your I can vine. See it. yep. So it's a picture of nineteen seventy eight, seventy eight, seventy nine, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Of me and my dad. Yep. And I am holding I'm very small, and you can see I actually had blonde hair when I was a kid. Yep. You see the Christmas tree in the back?
1: Mm-hmm. That's all it is. That's a big, so big, big here was my
0: tree. big ass well here's the thing. it's hitting the top of the ceiling. Yeah. So my dad's brilliant idea that year was instead of cutting the bottom of the tree off to make it fit, he cut the top.
1: <laughs> so I guess that...
0: <laughs> so we had this Christmas tree that went all the way to the ceiling and then spread out at the top of the ceiling. So it
1: must have, star it must have looked the like the it was phased through the ceiling and if you went upstairs you'd see the rest of it. <laughs> kinda. Yeah.
0: kinda. Um, it was terrible. Um, <laughs> if my dad could not fix something with Vice scripts or duct tape, it didn't get fixed. Let me put it that way.
1: You know (laughs) what they say about duct tape? If you can't fix it with mm -hmm. duct tape, you need more duct tape.
0: (laughs) So I got three really cool presents that year. One of them was a yellow helicopter, and you can see me holding that G.I. Joe yellow helicopter. When I say G.I. Joe, I don't mean the little figure G.I. Joes. I mean the full-size G.I. Joe with the fuzzy hair and... I think the same year, the $6 million man uh, guy was popular That's where you can look right, yeah. through the back of his skull and his bionic eye, um, which is kind of creepy when you think about it, but it was cool. And I remember I had to put the helicopter together, and it was a big pain in the ass. Um, but I was trying to remember this certain toy for this article that I wrote at MyMac. And um, the other thing I got that was a cool thing was the the Godzilla Shogun Warrior which are actually quite expensive now. And I like the Godzilla. Don't get me wrong. I think it's it's still a really cool toy. He had this thing in the back of his head that you push out and it looked like tongue. His tongue would kick stick out, but it was actually supposed to be fire. Yeah. I always thought that was kind of stupid. And his fist would shoot out. You push a button on the top of his elbow and his fist would shoot out. That was cool. Those two things I remembered and they were easy to find, but they weren't my favorite present. My favorite present was something, like you said, which was unexpected. I didn't know it was something that I would want. Mom and Dad got me this thing, and I had to put it together. And all I remember was it was like a wasp or something, like a robot bug. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea all these years later what the hell the toy was. And even in the article, I kind of recount... um, uh, a few months, uh, blah, 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 blah. I, I asked my mom, um, do you remember this? Yeah. And so I said, she said, mom. Mom says it had, it was black with wings. And I said, yes. And it says, did it have like red pincers or something? I said, yeah, I think so. And she goes, I think I remember that. I was like, really? And she was like, no, nope, it's gone now. <laughs> <laughs> she could not remember uh, so it drove me crazy. It was the present David for four or five years that, Oh, I wish I could remember what that was. I liked it so much. Mm-hmm. And then on eBay, completely unrelated to anything else I was looking for at the time, it pops up. Cool. And I just sent you a link and it was a Micronauts Hornetroid, Hornet, Hornetroid. Sounds like a, Oh, I just lost David. David dropped off. Oh no. He didn't want to hear about my uh, Micronauts toy. Let's see if I can bring him back in. It happens occasionally. I think he clicked the wrong button and something bad happened.
1: Yep, yeah. there he is. Sorry, I, I clicked on the wrong part of the thing and cut myself off. I yeah. can see it. <laughs>
0: That's what I just said, too.
1: Yeah, so it wasn't yellow.
0: No, well, the helicopter was yellow.
1: Oh, right. Okay, sorry, I was getting confused.
0: So I had to put this thing together and it came in pieces. I loved this toy as a kid. It was the coolest thing. And it had a cockpit in, cockpit in it that my Star Wars figures could fit in. Cool. But it was part of the Micronauts line. And it was, like you said, unexpected. You yeah. know? It, just one of those toys that fascinate you as a kid. And you can see the picture that I sent you. It's badass looking.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: I bought it. I bought, I bought one on ebay and i put it together yeah and i was very happy it was complete too it had all the little pieces yeah um is it still as good as you remember it oh no i ended up giving it to cole and he played with it yeah destroyed it yeah (laughs) i don't have it anymore yeah but i love that thing man i you know it was supposed my dad and mom got it because they thought it would be a cool bad guy for godzilla to fight right but this was the hero. Godzilla was a bad guy because oh, this right. thing was just too cool. Luke <laughs> Skywalker or Boba Fett would ride in this thing to go fight Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. It was cool. I, you, know. you know what?
1: Maybe this is nostalgia talking, but I look back at the toys of when we were growing up. I think I think in some respects they look better than... They have more imagination than a lot of the toys nowadays. Most of the toys nowadays are... are um, are franchise driven but you know completely franchise driven there's no kind of variation in them at all whereas back then you know toy companies used to come up with their own stuff
0: and they would even um like Micronauts was a prime example they approached Marvel Comics to make a Micronauts comic book so they could have some kind of a tie-in but they built the toys first
1: yeah
0: same thing with GI Joe yeah they built the cartoon because they had this toy line uh, He-Man, Masters of the Universe. They had the toys first. Uh, that was a little bit after my toy playing days. That was like the next generation when I wasn't playing with toys anymore. Yeah. Um. But you're right. I think that toy companies back then were true toy companies. I don't. Do we have toy companies anymore? Companies that are dedicated just to build toys. I think they're all part of a much larger company now. Yeah, nowadays.
1: And, and probably if they are small, they get snapped up into. Uh, a larger line as soon as they, they become successful. Funnily enough, one of the things Alexander has really gotten into, um, the last couple of years is the Rubik's cube, which, yeah. um, you know, is it, was a toy that came out when you and I were kids. Uh, yeah. and he's, you know, he's basically been through the same journey I went. He's, he's, he's learned how to, um, first of all, he, he obviously learned how to solve the cube and he's really quick now. Um, you can give him any cube and he'll have it solved in probably about two minutes. Um, but also he's in they're all, all the kids are into modding the cubes now and you can buy these ones much better than when we were kids that are much slicker and have magnets in to stop the pieces flying out, um, and are designed for speed and this sort of thing. And he you know, he's he's now graduated from the original cube into all the variants like the pyramids and the tetrapods and all this sort of thing. Uh, and he's he yeah, he's still really really into those kind of relatively simple toy puzzles.
0: He does he got my I had a whole bunch of Rubik's Cubes. Um, there was like two years worth of Christmases when you and I were younger yeah, and kids that this was such a big thing that all your relatives would get you different Rubik's Cubes and stuff. Um, I remember the pyramid, uh, but the one I remembered that I had longer than any other was the cube, Rubik's, or the uh, orb, the, the r- orb. Rubik's orb.
1: Was that the one that turned into a snake?
0: No, no, no. Here, I'll, I'll, Here, I'll send you a picture on uh vine don't click the wrong button this time uh i had this and i loved it and it was super cheap i've
1: not seen that one before
0: Mm -hmm. most people don't remember that one uh it spun you know side to side yeah it was split down the middle and you move the beads through the little things right and uh it was awesome
1: I'll, have to see, I'll have to try and find him one of these and see if it, see if it floats his boat uh, it, it's
0: you would think it would be easier but it's not mm. it was very difficult yeah. mine was silver it's just like the one I sent you the picture yeah. of. I wouldn't mind actually picking one of those up again uh, oh I found that on bestofthe80s.wordpress.com of course Yeah. how to solve the orb I don't want to know how to sor- solve the orb that's kind of cheating (laughs) um i i love that orb i thought it was cool and nobody else had one i think i was the only one of my friends that had the orb everyone else had the cube or the triangle i remember the snake um i bought Brooke the snake just a few years ago and showed her how to make the dog yeah everybody knows how to make the dog Um, yeah
1: i i used to be able to make all sorts of things with the snake i knew them all
0: yep i knew a couple of them um but the, that wasn't a puzzle, though.
1: No, no, no. That was, um, I mean, it was a spin-off thing. But, yeah, you're right. It wasn't a puzzle. It was more like a, a creative tool. What can
0: you make? Yeah. Yep. I always thought, when I, I even had little ones of the snake. You remember the little tiny ones? Yeah, yeah. They were the same number of, of uh, cubes or whatever you want to call it, uh, pieces. But it would, you know, about the size of you know, twice as long as your finger. Uh, and they worked fine, too. I'd make little miniature dogs. Yeah. Um, I, I like the snake a lot. You can still buy the snake brand new. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can still buy the orb.
1: <laughs> I will have to try and find one on eBay for him. See if it. See if it, likes um, it. I'll let you know what you your
0: know what no, is. Oh, I got to look at eBay right now. Let's look real quick. I know we're running late, but that's okay. Um, Rubik's the orb. Uh nothing. Oh wait. Oh, there's one in the box for fifty dollars. I don't think so. Nineteen eighty two. Yeah. Made of course by Parker Brothers. I remember the box too. Um boy. And there's a loose one. Uh that ah. looks like it's th-
1: Yeah, that I mean here in here in Britain there's one. Um Retro Rubik's Jigsaw Puzzle Revenge Orbit Link and More Bundle. So this has uh it has the orb, it has the link, which I've forgotten about the Rubik's link. That was kind of like a rectangular thing with a with chain with a chain thing on the side, uh, and it looks like it has two variants of the orb, and um, something that looks like the world. I don't know what that is, and and a cube, but with four four cubes per side rather than three, and that's twenty five pounds, starting bid. I us to watch that one.
0: Yeah, there's a couple of them out, but not very many, not very many. No. Now, if you come across yeah, there's a couple that no, those are junk. Um, the orb and the snake. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, they're cool. Oh, I remember the chain pieces. Remember the chain pieces, yeah. the missing link.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's also in this bundle, so um, that's quite a good deal. A yeah, the or- the orbit. I've got there's somebody selling an orbit here as well for forty pounds, which again is expensive. So um, yeah, in the yeah. original case with the original brochures obviously and uh collectors, so
0: I, w- I would be happy with just a repo, yeah. to be honest.
1: Yep. You remember the barrel? Um there's the barrel as the well. Barrel. I had the barrel.
0: I it, don't remember it, the barrel. It was basically the
1: same as the cube except that rather having um a a two faced piece on each side it had a sloping one instead.
0: Oh yes, I do yeah. remember that. Yeah. That was fun huh. too. Shows. Yeah, it's it's kind of neat how they... Uh, oh, the octa- Octagon. I remember that one. Mm-hmm. That one was a pain in the butt. <sighs> it really was. Um, I actually have a Rubik's Cube on my desk at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the centerpiece is missing on uh, on all sides. It's designed that way. Yeah. And I cannot tell you how many customers will sit down and we'll pick that Rubik's Cube up, and I make the same um, offer every time. If they can solve it before we're done, they'll get 200 bucks off their next vehicle. <laughs> and people start doing it, and then they'll put it down. with like, yes. ugh, I can't do it. So, we're going to wrap up this episode of TechFan. We encourage you guys to send us feedback. Of course, we want to hear about your top, top tech presence this year. Uh, the show at TechFanPodcast.com uh, Or, of course, you can go to MyMac.com or TechmanPodcast.com and leave feedback right in the show notes and uh, we'll read them here. Um, David, a really fun episode. Thanks for coming on.
1: That's all right. Always a pleasure. And uh, I hope you and your family have a good holiday and uh, look forward to speaking to you next week.
0: Same to you. Talk to you then. See you then. Bye.